0: Hello and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, brought to you by Roast House Pub, one of Frederick's finest craft beer and culinary destinations, where great people come to drink amazing beer. Visit them to track their taps and menu at RoastHousePub.com or download the digital pour app to track what's on tap. Hello, I'm your host, Chris Sands, and today in the third episode that I've recorded in my uh, short trip up to Pittsburgh, I'm in Sharpsburg with Andrew Witchie of Dancing Gnome. Is it Brewing Company, Brewery, or Just Name? I
1: usually just go Dancing gnome.
0: Uh, that was one of the things. I can't remember. It was a brewery I had on that had like something different at the end. Sure. And that was one of the things, like, how do you decide which ending do you want to go with? Yeah, Because like, yeah. some are Brewing Company, some are Brewery,
1: some are, like. Or Brewing or Beer Company. Or, yeah. like, sometimes I'll say Dancing gnome Beer um but typically it's just dancing now.
0: There's a there's a Maryland brewery that I'm a big fan of called Gunda and they went with Beer Smiths. Oh, so I like thought that. that was a yeah. nice added one. Yeah. So how long have you been around? We opened up to the public on October 1st of 2016. Okay, I thought I thought you were new cuz yeah. like I'd say as someone observing from the outside of the Pittsburgh beer scene sure. like I still keep some track of cuz I grew up in this area. Um dancing gnome surfaces a lot. And even in like the Maryland beer drinking groups on stuff, you, you see a lot of people with dancing gnome beers showing off the, the glamor shot photos. I'll take that. So
1: I, I assumed you were pretty new cause I hadn't heard right. of you beforehand. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So coming up on uh, on two years here in October, but, um, it's been a, it's been a fun two years. For Let's sure. open these up. Oh, yeah. Um, what
0: were uh, what were you doing before you started a brewery
1: um, so before this I was actually in um, fashion retail photography um, so I started working for uh, American Eagle outfitters um, in their corporate offices doing like training video work um, and then kind of transitioned over to marketing um, and then went to a company called mod cloth um, which was online only they don't have like brick-and-mortar stores but Um, I did just marketing videos for them and then transitioned over into photography full time before I opened this up.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah. So you've done two things that are like aspirational
1: type jobs. That's yeah, sort of. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I think as far as like photography and videography goes, you still, you still kind of want to do the Hollywood thing. Um, but, uh, no, as far as like, as far as the corporate world of, of media goes, it was, uh, they were pretty good jobs. Um, Definitely happy to be out of them, but um, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was it was it was pretty fun.
0: So, how did you get into brewing? Were you a
1: home brewer? Or yeah, for sure. Um, I I honestly um, I kind of started home brewing with the intention of being in the industry. Um, I I love beer a lot. I spent a lot of time at breweries, a lot of time drinking local beer or traveling and and drinking local beers from those areas. Um and I remember being in college and having a couple buddies that, that homebrewed and they were like, Oh, I'd like be- we all liked beer and they were like, Come out and brew and I was like, I have no desire to spend eight hours on my Saturday <laughs> um doing this stuff. I there's plenty of good beer out there. I don't need to make it. Um and then yeah, I don't know. I, I guess it got to the point where it was like, Well, I might as well try, I might as well do this. Um and initially I didn't necessarily um or didn't have plans to be the brewer. I just wanted to open a brewery um, and kind of hire a brewer. And then um, decided to go to American Brewers Guild, um, just to, you know, I went to art school. Like I said, I was in film and photography, so I had no math or science background. (laughs) I'm not bad at it. Did you go to Pittsburgh Art Institute? No, I went to a school in uh, Boston called Emerson College. Um, Are you from uh, from Pittsburgh area? Yeah, yeah, I grew up about 40 minutes northeast of the city. Okay. so uh so yeah I went to American Brewers Guild just to kind of understand the process of brewing better so that I could have um you know better conversations with who would ever be the the brewer um and then liked that side way more than the business side so um kind of decided to do them both um so here we are but it's uh it's been fun
0: So you said that you got into home brewing because you wanted to get into the business was it always thought like by getting into the business the thought was you wanted to open a brewery um, or? not
1: necessarily at first um I definitely figured that I would take the steps you know get into a brewery somewhere I mean really initially uh, I won't in I knew I wanted to be in the industry and I was like okay well I would do media stuff so I'll try to do media work for a brewery which isn't a bad idea, but the problem is that the only people that have those available are enormous breweries. Yeah. Um, and there's craft ones, you know, like Sierra Nevada and Doctor Head and um, uh, New Belgium and stuff. Like, they would have multiple people on a media team, but those are the only places. Yeah, um, there's not,
0: you know, there's probably not
1: really anyone in the Pittsburgh area that has a yeah, media need for, team. need for full time. And, um, you know, I wasn't... I, I'd, I'd done freelance before. um, before I got to American Eagle and like it wasn't my favorite thing like I, I don't I like working really hard, but I don't like chasing down the leads. Um, so I didn't really want to start like a social media company or anything like that. Um, so I kind of was like, well, I still definitely want to be in the industry. So um, that's kind of when I started homebrewing, and thinking maybe I can just like help clean kegs and get my foot in the door in some capacity like that. Um, and um, started helping out um, at the Brew Gentleman, which is also in Pittsburgh. Um, they just needed a hand, and I wanted to get some experience in a brewery. So I um, started doing that, and that kind of solidified that um, those really hot summer days of uh, lots of hours of squeegeeing floors uh, was still pretty fun and um, kind of preferred it to what I was doing. So, you know, that made it like, okay, maybe I do want to be in production, and then that's when I enrolled in American Brewers Guild, um and then once I was done with American Brewers Guild I was looking for jobs and you know it was kind of like I, I have nothing to lose right now I don't have a wife I don't have kids um, it's the perfect I time don't own a house like yeah. I have nothing I literally have nothing to lose <laughs> so um it was like you know if 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 my five or ten year plan is to open one let's just make it the one-year plan yeah. and um so, so I did um so I my business plan as soon as I left ABG and then um two years later we opened.
0: Is it just you or are there
1: other, do you have co-founders? So it's just me as the founder um, but as far as like operationally at this point, um, it's uh, me and uh, Mike um, who's kind of my right hand man just make sure everything runs appropriately. Um, and then we have uh, two full-time people in production, two full-time people on the packaging side, and then three full-time people in the tap room. So you've grown pretty quickly. So yeah, yeah, I'd say, I'd say thoughtfully, um, but also quickly, um, as as quickly as you know consumers have allowed us to. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, we all work really hard, and we're all here all the time. But it, so we don't. But we also don't want more hands than we need because it's nice to be a family, and everybody kind of knows what's going on, and everybody's working towards the same goal.
0: And uh, one thing I want to a little bit, you you'd mentioned like the squeegeeing, the floor on the hot days. Yeah. I don't think most people realize just how hot a brewery gets on a hot day because I don't know if I've ever been to one that had an air-conditioned brew house because I think that would just be so probably expensive that no one's yeah, doing some, it but
1: there's some breweries that have like open concepts where you're like the tap room is almost like yeah in the the now, house. and um, you know it's either in a climate where you don't need AC or it's in a stone building where you don't need AC or um you just deal with it and you have a really strong AC unit and it kinda bleeds over into production so it's a little bit more but I mean oh excuse me. Um like today we have a thermometer back there and it was well over a hundred.
0: Yeah, that's a um one of the local Maryland brewers had posted like the something about the
1: glamorous job of a brewery and like
0: posted like how hot it was in the brewery that day.
1: Yeah, especially like if you're up on the brew deck, um like if you're actively brewing there's because of the way our tanks are set up, there's, if we have both, both garage doors open, there's like a little bit of an airflow. but you have to be standing like outside of the tanks. Like if yeah. you're up on the brew deck, there's no airflow. Um, and then if you're like up on the mezzanine, we were up on the mezzanine doing stuff today, just like organizing and taking glassware up there and you you could sit down and you're just gonna be drenched in sweat. It's just, it's so, so hot. And that's right above the boiler room. So that's even like more <laughs> even hot. Even add to the, um, the fun. Yeah, but I mean, it's just one of those things, it's like, uh, I don't know. You just kind of learn, learn to love. Yeah, learn to enjoy. it. You bring an extra change of clothes if you're going to be working the tap room, and that's about it.
0: So, it seems like um, a big part of your business is can releases, at yeah, least a focus of it. Um, did you do that from the very beginning, or was is that part of day one? Um, business model or did you just work off of tap room sales for a while
1: so it was it was always a part of the business model it was in my business plan um it was what i wanted to do um but it took us about it was i think just under six months until we started canning we had the, actually the first thing that ever got delivered to this facility uh was the canning line so we had it um but i wanted to kind of dial in the beers that, that we were doing and we continue to do that now. So it's kind of a never ending process, but, um, you know, I wanted to make sure things were good with the system and I understood the system before we started putting it into packaging. Yeah. Um, so we kind of took that first six months and, um, kind of worked to build the brand a little bit and, um, work to kind of get regulars and, and consumers and let them know about Sharpsburg and, you know, why it was worth coming down here. And then, um, it was kind of perfect timing and then we started canning and it, it worked out well. So, in that's a, that's a question I wanted. Why Sharpsburg? Like, I I,
0: w- I would think in, like, the Pittsburgh area, there's probably a lot of empty buildings that you can get into. Sure, sure. Um, so why Sharpsburg specifically? Yeah,
1: it's kind of multiple things. Um, you know, I, I will I will be open about saying that, you know, when I was looking for buildings, it wasn't even on my radar. Like, I never would have even been like, oh, eh, maybe I should look at Sharpsburg. Um, but, uh, you know, it was – I kind of exhausted the search in in the actual city. Um, And that's where I was kind of looking at first to be, was anywhere in the city. Um, And literally looked everywhere. I mean, Bloomfield, South Side, um, Shadyside, Lawrenceville, Uptown, Downtown, everywhere. And, um, you know, part of it was um, the buildings weren't right. They were either too big or too small. And um, the other part of it was um, a, a lot of places like, um, you know, pretty much anywhere in the city at this point, even, you know, two years ago now or three years ago when I was looking for buildings, um, th- you, you just pay a premium to be there, which isn't a problem. I mean, that's the way business works. Yeah. But um, I wasn't going to be able to afford 20 to $30 a square foot. Um, and so I uh, started looking kind of in the suburbs and outside and, and found this place a little serendipitously. And um, it was exactly what i wanted and kind of walked in and envisioned exactly how it was going to be which is exactly how it is um started talking to the borough about it and they were incredibly supportive um, which the city just isn't um i think that's it's probably a good thing when you go into the
0: smaller areas they just think economic development yeah and they see that you're going to bring a lot of good to that town yeah
1: yeah and i and i think i'm sure that there's some small places that would definitely frown upon an alcoholic establishment um coming in but you know sharpsburg kind of it's a young board and it's a it's a growing young town It's it's an old town but you know it's uh people moving in are young and um so they were just incredibly supportive and were were very willing to help me in any way I needed. So, um, and I couldn't be more happy about it. I mean, location wise, it's so central to pretty much everything. So, um, yeah, it's been phenomenal.
0: Yeah, and I don't know, like the regulatory hurdles or what it's like in here in Pennsylvania and or Pittsburgh specifically, but at least in Maryland, having the government on your side is a huge step in the right direction because there's so many things that get in your way of being able to open.
1: Yeah. And I mean the, the thing too, with, with any kind of government is like there's somebody who holds the key to that. So, I mean, they can make it as easy or as difficult as they want. Um, and they can make you go through things that are, are, you know, seemingly just absurd. And there's, there's sometimes where you have to go through something that you don't want to go through, but it's for good reason. Um, and there are certain stuff where it's like, why, why, why are you making me do this? Because it was in a book, you know sixty seven yeah, years some, ago some like,
0: weird thing happened once 60 yeah, years and ago and they and had a knee jerk reaction no to one it. ever
1: goes back and rewrites that stuff or yeah. rezones anything and um so yeah i mean that it's i don't even want to think about doing it again <laughs> <honestly. laughs> where that was it difficult were there a um, lot of hurdles no, or were they not, so helpful sharpsburg sharpsburg is pretty easy i mean there's definitely stuff that you have to do and there was yeah. you know a lot of paperwork and um I signed a lease for the building in December, 2015, and I don't think we broke ground on it um, or started uh, demolition until end of March of 2016. So it was like four months of doing paperwork and signatures and meeting in front of the board and um, talking to various people. But at the same time, like my architect was working on it at that time and yada, yada, yada. So there's there's a lot of things legally which I'm sure you know, like, legally speaking with the TTB in Pennsylvania, I can't even move forward with licensing until you have an established yeah. business. So that was another thing. There's just so much to do anyways. But Yeah, they give you a lot of work time for, while you're waiting <laughs> yeah, for exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> while you're crossing
0: your fingers and hoping that yeah, yeah. <laughs> nothing goes awry with that. Exactly. <clears throat> so the you you started right off the bat
1: with your own canning line, which is yeah. kind of rare nowadays, yeah, for sure for sure I mean I, I think at our size it's rare, yeah um, you know we were only a thousand annual barrels a year when we opened um and I, I think that that's like tiny to have your own line um but like I said, it was a really important part of my business plan like that was that was how I wanted to sell cans or that's how I wanted to sell our product was, yeah. you know direct to consumer in in packaging um so it, you know, I, I made the effort to towards the end when I was bleeding money, and like <laughs> literally had nothing left. Um, you know, I kicked around the idea of selling the line because I needed the money to open it and open it up. And then I was like, no, I'm not gonna do that. Cause like, this is really what I want Dancing Gnome to be. So we might as well keep it. And um, I'm glad that we did. In the, if I remember, did
0: you just recently upgrade? We did. The candy yeah. line? Cause your first one, I remember I stopped in here. Yeah, I think it was the begin, very beginning of the year, sure. maybe right around Christmas time, mm-hmm. and you were showing me. It was like a very manual, very slow process for canning.
1: Yes, very. Um, yeah, pretty small. Took four guys like eight hours to do 140 cases. Um, it was a lot of work. We you know used that for over a year, um, and then yeah, we just up- upgraded all automated stuff. So. Um, we still run it with about four people, but it takes about half the time and you don't have to be constantly like moving and doing something uh-huh. You can take a drink of coffee or you can listen to music and have a conversation and you don't need to be so so worried. But um, Yeah, it's great. So worth the investment definitely <laughs> worth the investment um, I mean the 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 price tag definitely reflects the automation, but um, Yeah, it, it also, you know, allows us to brew more beer and get more beer out there. So um, Yeah, it's, it's been great I'm wondering if
0: um, because of the popularity of craft breweries and doing in the business model of can releases, if um, th- like the, has the price of, of canning lines and that technology skyrocketed or if they've not really tried to profiteer off of not that really. popularity?
1: Not, not really. I'd say like, um, no, I, I, I would say definitely not. I mean, I, maybe a a couple grand here and there but that's like peanuts compared to like the overall overall overall, cost um and and typically there it's not just inflation like typically they added new things to it that make it more efficient or make it faster make it a better product um so yeah i mean i'm i'm a little bit of a firm believer in you get what you pay for i mean i think that there's certain aspects that are like it, it is what it is. Like there's no reason to pay in a, twice as much just for a brand name. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there are certain times that, that I feel with engineering that it makes sense too. All right,
0: so we'll take a real quick break now to um, thank our sponsors who make the Uncap Podcast uh, possible. A huge thank you to our presenting sponsor, Roast House Pub, which is located at 5700 Urbana Pike in Frederick, Maryland. If you have listened to this podcast before, you have definitely heard me go on and on about the beer dinners that Chef Nico creates. Simply put, they are amazing. But Roast House Pub has much more to offer. Their friendly staff is knowledgeable about beer and will help you choose from among the 20 beers they have on tap. In addition to the awesome beer selection, the food is always amazing. Make sure to follow them on Facebook, and check their website at www.RoseTouseBob.com to keep up to date on their constant stream of events. And thank you to our supporting sponsor, Craft Alliance Packaging Solutions. Craft Alliance Packaging Solutions has been serving the craft beverage industry since 2012 and prides itself in helping their customers excel in a constantly growing industry. From concept to cooler, CAPS offers solutions to your packaging needs, providing mobile bottling services, technical support, cake repair, Rental Bright Tanks, and much more. It is their goal to help you grow your brand and your business and make your product stand out. Be different, look different. For more information, visit CapsBottles.com. Friday, August 24th through the 26th, It's a celebration of Pennsylvania's wineries at Seven Springs Mountain Resorts Wine Festival. You won't want to miss complimentary wine samples from 30 wineries, daily seminars, and live entertainment from Rob Bain, The Stickers, Totally 80s, Radio Tokyo, and more. Take advantage of our special lodging package that includes admission to our festival Friday night, all day Saturday, plus breakfast. If you love wine, you simply must be here. For more information, visit thenumber7springs.com. Alright, so once again, thank you to those who make the Uncap podcast possible. So the, you're actually you're having a can release today. Yep, you got it. So one, I want to say thank you for um, giving me your time today. Yeah, I'm no doubt. Betting that's a pretty big uh, build up to those because you have. I mean, there's people wrapped like around the block to come in. Yeah,
1: depends. Depends on the release for sure. I mean, d- it depends on on what beer it is. Some some get really long lines and sell out quickly, and some not so much, and they'll sell out in handful of hours or a couple days. So. Okay. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot involved, especially because our space is so small. So, um, we got to move a lot of stuff around to be able to sell appropriately.
0: And how is the um how's the town with that?
1: Well, they've been great What'd, about it. I okay, mean, we've. Cool. Um, cause you know,
0: there's some, I know there are some places that like the towns are pretty not happy. Right. And I, and I can definitely,
1: I can see why they wouldn't be. Um, I think that Sharpsburg is very small. I mean, it is, it's very small in, in the best way possible. But, yeah. um, you know, we've actually talked about, talked to the borough about it before. And, and basically they're like, if, if, anyway, if the line doesn't give us reasons to come reprimand them, like if they don't get, if the police don't get caught on them, they're not doing anything wrong. They're just sharing some beers out on the sidewalk for an hour before we open. Like that's not a problem. They're going to let it happen. So, um, which I'm super thankful for. Yeah, and I think that the a, consumers are super thankful for too. Um, so, you know, hopefully everybody continues to, be. Oh, if, no, I, if I agree. no
0: one's doing anything stupid, then just yeah. let it go.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I'm, I've, I think a lot of people probably are, but I'm a huge proponent of open container. Like I don't see a reason why you can't have a beer walking down the street. Like don't be hammered. Yeah. Like don't be publicly intoxicated, but yeah, uh, drunk, it's, drunk how's it any in,
0: different? Uh, public drunkenness. The laws yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, exactly.
1: I mean, and if the argument is about giving it to an underage, I mean, there's, you can drink at a baseball game. How many underage yeah. people are there? So I don't know, but that's a tangent for another day.
0: Yeah, it. it there's a... The way we could talk for hours oh. for laws that don't oh make sense that apply yeah, alcohol uh, just
1: a million and they all stem from prohibition. So, so let's um,
0: I mean, I mean this would be a good time to um, talk about the beer you're releasing that we're drinking. Yeah, Wine, for sure. I like it, it has a microphone on it. Yeah, That's a Heck cool yeah. look,
1: no doubt. Um So yeah, this is a mosaic jam. Um Jam is a beer that we do that we have variants of. So it's not quite a single hop. Um, but it's a prominent hop. So there's Columbus in it. But um, So regular jam is Vic Secret. Okay. Um, and then we do Mosaic, Citra, Simcoe, Galaxy. Um, so it just replaces the Vic Secret. Okay. Um, and it's uh, 6.8% IPA brewed with a little bit of rye. Um, I don't ever really call it a rye IPA because there's not enough to, to make it significantly rye. But um, definitely adds a little bit of something on the end there um yeah i really like this um, this is really good yeah it's, it's, I, I
0: love mosaic hops so that's yeah like,
1: no doubt um and this is um yeah pretty much just a mosaic bomb so um pretty easy drinking um for pushing seven percent and um yeah i'm a, I'm a big fan of it but we release jam pretty often because of the variants where we put it in the tanks pretty much like every two or three weeks there's a different variant so
0: I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that the Galaxy version of it is the most popular.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, that's a pretty strong limb to go out <laughs> yeah. on. Um, yeah, it is. I'd say Mosaic is probably second, honestly. I think my favorite is Citra, but um, yeah, Galaxy is definitely the most popular one.
0: And one thing I like about I love the names of your beers. Oh, thanks, man. So, and th- they seem like they all have stories behind them. Because my favorite, I don't know why, it's just simple, but your beer... Um, Better one or two. Yeah, and like I love the, can you tell the story behind that because I've heard it before and I just lo- I I find that so interesting. Yeah, and for then sure. It makes it hilarious.
1: Um, my dad was an optometrist, um, so at I at one point he joked around about getting to name a beer. So um, in piloting and, and and working on a double IPA, I always just called it Better One or Two. Um, like being at the eye doctor, you know, Better yeah, One yeah. or Two. Um, there's
0: nothing worse than that question yeah yeah. and then and then you have to go back and forth 12 (laughs) times
1: and and then you're like well which one's one um but yeah so uh that's that's kind of where that came from and um it it gets butchered a lot because i think some people pick it up right away because the logo is glasses um but it gets it gets butchered a lot but but that's okay it's uh it's one of my favorite beers so
0: I'm guessing jam with the microphone is music. Yeah, so
1: that was a little bit of both. Um, You know, I think all of us here are are super into music. We've done a bunch of music collaborations. Um, A bunch of us used to be in bands. So um, that's huge. Realistically, though, um, this is a not often told story, but um, jam was originally a red ale. Um, So it was, in piloting, it was a red IPA, so like jelly jam. Oh, okay. Um, So it was a little bit of a play. And then... um, I just wasn't a fan of the coloration of the red malt with a hazy beer. It just it never really looked good to me. It was always more brown. Right. Um, so I kind of pulled the red malt because yeah, I didn't think it was too much. Yeah, because hitting that red is hard. Super to begin hard. with. So I, yeah, I bet. Yeah, with yeah for, ha- for hazy for hazy beers, the... it's really hard. Um, and and I didn't think it was I didn't think it was adding anything to the beer other than color. Like flavor wise, it wasn't doing anything beneficial in my mind. So I pulled it out, but I really like the branding of it. So we kept the we kept it.
0: And then your the sours that you do, those are, those all are underscore. Yep. Then underscore. Something? Okay. Yep.
1: And then, um, yeah, we just released, released underscore fruitless. Um, so typically it's, um, a 4% Berliner Weiss base and then just, uh, honestly overfruited. I mean, there's just <laughs> so much fruit in it; it's unbelievable, but, um, but they're great. I mean, they're really delicious. You almost get more sick from the sugar than you do from anything yeah. else. But, um, but yeah, we just did underscore fruit list, so it's just the the Berliner Weisse base, um, which is pretty great because um, nobody really gets to see more traditional styles from us because we don't really do them. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> not that we can; it's just that that's just not that's not us. So I'm definitely happy to have that one. But um, but yeah, underscore is is definitely a big one for us.
0: So is your main focus the hazy IPAs, pale ales, and then the are the Ber vice series are those the only sours you do or you do
1: those are yeah sours? we've we've done um, we've done a dry hop farmhouse sour um, but uh, and it was good but it, it's just kind of it doesn't really fit into our wheelhouse uh, I think it will eventually and someday when we have the ability to do um, excuse me when we have the ability to do like barrel aging and stuff and really get more into the true like wild sour game mm-hmm then that's when we can kind of push that, that route. But for now, I think it kind of just makes more sense. Like we're so focused on flavor and aroma in, in our IPAs and pales and doubles that we kind of end up doing the same thing with our sours. Like, um, it's, it's almost meant to be a little bit over the top, um, in a good way, not like a, what are they doing? Sort of like, um, Ferrero Rocher Goza. But, um, you, you know, I, I think, uh, yeah, I think that we'll get there, but for the most part, it's just, it's yeah, it's all fruited stuff.
0: So, people coming here aren't going to find Kolsch's or
1: Pilsner's and
0: a stout not <laughs> on, on tap? There's always a stout on tap. Oh, do you? Um, okay.
1: But it's not, it's rarely Imperial. Um, we do have an Imperial stout um, line called Black Clouds, um, and then we do variants on that. So, we release Black Clouds Breakfast uh, for the anniversary. We're doing Black Clouds Double Vanilla. Um, so, that's, that's, you know, at 10 plus percent. Is that uh, named after stout, Pittsburgh
0: but. climate, or is um, more or
1: less? <laughs> uh, yeah, I um, yeah, I just I I like the name. I think uh, I have a weird fascination with clouds in general, um, and it's just like a super pillowy, soft, thick beer. Okay. <laughs> um, so kind of like pastry stout through and through, if you will. Um, and then, but we always have a stout on. So right now, I think we have Sueda on, which is. Um, uh, modeled after the Vietnamese coffee suda. Um, so it's just high, 4.8%, um, you know, nice body, really coffee forward. Um, and then we do a smoked stout, um, just a regular old oatmeal stout, and then a summer stout, um, which is like 3%, um, which is actually really good. But, um, yeah, we're definitely not known for our stouts. Do most of your beers stay on the lower end of
0: the ABV spectrum? Because it seems like most of the ones you've listed, they're all –
1: yeah. I, I, so personally, I love low ABV stuff. I like I drinking you, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that if you can, if you can bring out like really solid character in a low ABV beer, it's just for some reason more enjoyable. I, I don't, I don't know why, but just personally I like them. Um, I, I would say we're pretty mixed. Um, you know, my original business plan was going to be all really low stuff like focus on low stuff. But, um, you know, a consumer really wants double IPAs and triple IPAs and Imperial Stouts. And I'd, I see why. I mean, I'm not knocking it by any means. Yeah. But um, I think I brew less of the Lustras and Wishbones, which are the beers that I I like the best, um, and kind of, you know, put doubles on instead. But, um, you know, I'm not knocking that. I just you know, you kind of go with the trends.
0: Yeah, I mean, my personal preference is definitely the lower end of the spectrum because yeah. I, I like to have multiple. and. I have two kids, and if you've drinking several eight percent beers, sure. it's very hard to keep up with it. Yeah, no doubt. And my wife wants help. Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, but um, yeah, we try to um, we try to bring out um, you know pails when we can.
0: So, where did the name Dancing Gnome come from?
1: I wish I had a better story for this. I always feel bad when somebody asks me that because there's there's nothing really behind it. I'm um, I'm I'm a I'm a pretty weird guy. I, I like to have fun. Um, I do like to dance, but I'm not a dancer by any means. Um, I I think it was you know when I was looking to open the brewery and writing down potential names um, that's just always the one that stuck. I just always kind of called it that. And, um, other people kind of did too. And and it always made it to the next list that would get dwindled down. And, um, you know, after a while it was just the one that made sense. So
0: were those two just words that popped into your
1: head or do they have a, yeah, I mean, they don't, I just like, I like the idea of the dancing gnome and I think that, um, of a dancing gnome. And I think that, you know, ultimately from, You know, if you really dig deep into it, it's kind of about in my head, like gnomes are these mythical creatures that like tend to gardens, but they're also mischievous as hell and like kind of assholes. And so it's about, you know, working your ass off, but um, having fun while doing it and never taking anything too seriously. So that's kind of like the meaning that I've always put behind it. Um, But I think from a business perspective, like. You can love it or you can hate it, um, but you're probably not going to forget it. So, yeah, that's um, a a very good point. Yeah. And we don't, with or without a story. Yeah. And some some people come in here like love gnomes. They have like a full gnome garden, they have all sorts of gnome stuff. And they're like, Where are your gnomes? Like, do you sell a branded gnome? And I'm like, You will never see a gnome in here. Never. We will never have gnome as our branding. I don't like gnomes. I don't dislike gnomes. I have no issue with gnomes, but um, that's not what it's about. It's just the idea and like kind of whatever it means to you. So that that that's ex- extraordinarily
0: interesting. So, you've never used an actual gnome no in any kind never. of never.
1: Yeah, never will either. Um Yeah. I uh and what's
0: hilarious. Like the way you say it, you make it sound like no, I hate gnomes. Yeah, I n- no, I don't I don't. I
1: just it doesn't it doesn't fit with like what we do with the brand and it like yeah. doesn't fit with the personality of the brand, which which is weird because there is a dichotomy there, you know what I mean? There yeah. is there is a clash it's in the name of yeah, there's there's a there's a big <laughs> clash between like the name and um you know the style of of the tap room and and of our beers. But um but no the the crown and the beard and the icons are the representation of the gnome so hops because we're hop forward and then uh, I didn't want a hat because I thought that was too obvious so I went with a crown and then uh, a beard so it's like a deconstructed gnome exactly yeah, yeah. so it's there it's just yeah been right and if you look readily, uh, I don't think it's on this one but we have it's on the front of the door it's like the DG with it and it kind of looks like loosely resembles a face <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if
0: you squint your eye and mm, tilt right. to the side after having exactly a few, uh, exactly of, of your stronger
1: beers for sure
0: But I I do like, I I like that iconography that that you use on everything. Do you, have you had any trouble with, because I've noticed a lot of your merchandise, that's all you have on it. Yeah. You you don't even have your name on it. It's just the
1: crown, the hop, and the. And the, the beard. gnome beard. Yep. Yeah. And um, no, that was that was by design. I wanted to have um, a logo, if you will, or icons that would stand by themselves. So um, on the, you know, like on the shirts that you're talking about, the the back neck of the shirt does say "Dancing Gnome" on it. But, but I think like your hats. Um, the yeah, hats not say Hats don't say, hats, anywhere, don't say right? it anywhere. Yeah, and I, I think that part of that is like from it's like. If you know what it is it's like almost like a little club yeah um and so it's like oh yeah craft beer drinker you know like that's awesome um but but part of it too is like i i think it's just powerful when icons can stand for a brand versus the name so um and you know people will be what is that you know what does that mean yeah it's so, a kind of common
0: yeah because yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting mix of icons that does draw like for sure someone to look at it to be like what what the, to ask someone just yeah. for no reason like yeah. what does that mean exactly
1: yeah yeah and, and on our merchandise the hop is the biggest one and in the center so it's um i think most people know it's beer related cuz most people know that that's a hop yeah some people think it's like an artichoke joke but most most people in today's day and age know that it's a hop
0: i've had um a few people ask me if like my logo was a a nugget like oh, plant yeah, yeah, plant. yeah, yeah. No, it doesn't yeah. look at all like <laughs> yeah. it. It's clearly a hop. Yeah. Have you well, ever seen the hops like. <laughs> yeah. like, Well, obviously, you don't yeah. know what, yeah. what weed looks like exactly because it's not fat. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> yeah, we get for the beard. A lot of people think it's an acorn, which I can I can kind of see. But. The,
0: the first time I ever saw it, yeah. I, I did think it was. And then yeah. I saw it um, on something a little bit larger, and then it was much more obvious. So yeah. I think it was just like a, a picture of the can was the first sure. time I saw it. And yep. that's when I thought it was an acorn. Yeah. And then that confused me, and then I was like, "Oh, you idiot! Yeah. That's a beard. Yeah. Gnomes have beard." No, you're
1: definitely not the only one. It's, yeah, I think a lot of people do. Sometimes I'll get like messages online, like, "I'm having a debate. What is the last icon?" But um, yep, it's a beard. So
0: as um, as a brewery that definitely, it, with the hand re- the can releases, you, you would kind of fit into that category of a hype brewery, like without sure. negative connotations to yeah. it, but like often what they're referred to do you feel like there is that there is some negativity put on to that
1: yeah oh certain, a, well yeah without a doubt I think there's negativity put on literally anything by anyone the, the abs- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I mean that's that's, that's that just the internet everyone's
0: yeah. favorite thing to do is just hate on stuff at this moment. yeah but. yeah
1: I think I think um, the, the the there's obviously a huge positive to being in demand that's you know and it's
0: not like you're you're scarce you're putting out more can your your releases have way more cases than a lot of breweries who are doing the same thing
1: yeah sure and and i mean we're i just did the schedule through september and we're um basically to the point of doing three to four can releases a week totaling about 350 to 400 cases um so you know we're definitely putting out as much beer as we possibly can I think the negative side is like there's there's plenty of um you know, I think the whole hype side is like those intense um craft beer drinker traders. Um that, you know, we wouldn't be where we are without them. So like they're they're you know, I, I thank them immensely. But I think that um, those are the guys that are willing to come out and have the camaraderie of standing in line. Yeah. And I think that there's still plenty of of new drinkers getting into craft beer regardless of age um whether you're young or old it doesn't matter that don't understand it um and and don't beyond don't understand it really look down on it um and they get mad when they can't just come in and get cans at any time that makes sense because like you can go down to John eagle and there's a million different cans why can't i come in and do that for you and it's like we're it's completely different you know and i that's that's hard to get some people to understand is like Um, and the same, honestly, like on a different level, the same thing with bars, like we have that issue with bars where they're like, can we get some of your beer? And I'm like, no, it's not because we don't want to support you or work with you. It's that we don't have enough beer. Like if we give you beer, we don't have beer here and that's not fair. Yeah. And they just don't. And we really need it here. Yeah. And they, they just don't understand it. And it's like, dude, we're trying, like, I'm not, I'm not holding back on you for any reason. This is not a personal thing. It's like, we got to take care of the tap room first. Like, how is that, that not something like That'd be like you giving away – that'd be like a restaurant giving away all of their food to the restaurant beside them. Like, that would make yeah. no sense. It just – it doesn't. So um, – but, yeah, it's really hard to, to get them to understand that.
0: Are you out into any any bars? We have, we have a
1: handful of of – people that we're really loyal to, that are really loyal to us. Um, and we've had good relationships with for a very long time, like Mm -hmm. almost people from the beginning. Yeah. Even beforehand, like when I was just, you know, a, a young drinker wanting to be in the industry. And those were the places that I would hit up and build relationships with, with the ownership and the, the bartenders. And, um, you know, it's not a lot. I mean, I'd say we have probably three spots that, um, get our stuff like consistently, um that doesn't mean that definitely doesn't mean every release but you know maybe one keg a week yeah um and then there's probably like another four that it's like yeah i have an extra keg this week i'll definitely i'll I'll hook it up um but other than that no i mean when we first started like before we started canning yeah we had we had a bunch of accounts and that was you know super beneficial for us because it got our name out um and And then that's, we started canning and it went dry pretty quick for a lot of accounts. And I think that that's kind of where some, some anger came from there was that it was like, yeah, we don't have anything for you this week. And they're like, well we just spent six months of getting something from you every single week and now I can't, but and that, um, that, I
0: guess that could lead to some consumer anger too. If they, if that was a place sure. they, yeah. they yeah, went yeah. to regularly and they got, and now they're like, yeah. what I have to stand in line to get it. Or yeah.
1: Like- Cause we used to deliver to like North Hills, South Hills. And like, I get it completely. Like yeah. we're not, I'm not anti-distribution by any means. It's just like, we got to get to the point of, of getting back to having the beer to be able to do it. Like, yeah, I definitely, I, I would love to have a keg in every single area of the city. Yeah, it's
0: that's a, a part of craft beer culture. It's, it's really interesting to me because I personally am not um, a go stand in line for
1: beer. Yeah, me person. neither. I'm I'm not.
0: Um, but if people want to do that, then fine. Like, I don't hate a brewery. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. For, for that, that's how they're customers get their their beer do i wish that it's easier for me to get it yeah but it's my fault that i'm not willing to go through the extra effort that those people are for sure i think the only the only place in that whole chain that bothers me is anyone who's going like the the pure traders who are just going getting full allotments never with any intention of drinking any of it just to ship it around the country right and even then ultimately it's like well they're putting the work in to do it so
1: yeah yeah and i think luckily we don't have too many of those that i know of like pretty much like the regular guys that i know that are always there to get the full allotment that i also know are most likely trading like i can always have like in-depth conversation about our beers because i know that they drink them and they'll yeah. actually they'll get cans and come in here and drink it in tap room um so maybe they are doing that maybe they're having a couple pints here and then giving away yeah. all the cans but um <laughs> I think what, what gets me the most about it is like, I don't mind trading. Trading's fine. Um, that's cool. Like that's kind of the beauty of things, like how there's so many good breweries around the whole country. Like, why wouldn't you want to try them? And it's like, and a lot of them operate the way we do. So it's like, unless you're here, you're not going to get it. Um, so, so that's great. Uh, I don't like the, the third party sales though. Um, I I hate when people put it up for dollars because it's like they double, triple the cost. And, and I think, you know, it's unfortunate that somebody's willing to pay it. You know, someone has the money or the desire enough to be like, yeah, no problem. And it's like, don't feed into this. Like if you don't feed into it, it'll stop happening. And it's not about us and it's not about like our business. It's about like, we work hard to put a price point on something so that you can enjoy it. Like.
0: Yeah, you don't. You know want what to I mean? Like twenty dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so that um, I'm actually one of the people who mainly end up buying it. But, but the people, <laughs> well, who, yeah, which is fine. I get the, it, the, the people I buy from though, like put a tiny little markup. Yeah, on it. it's yeah, more no of doubt. Like a, the, I, like yeah, not like sixty for bucks a four for pack. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's, yeah. It's typically I end up paying four or five dollars for a can. Yeah, for sure. So I, but I don't feel like I'm being ripped off, and I'm not over overpaying. Right. And, for me it's worth it because typically a lot of times I just want to try it. I don't want a ton of it. I just want to try that yeah, one no particular doubt. thing. But it's you almost always have everything available in the tap room also. After. Right, yeah,
1: we always have. We always make sure to have a handful of cakes. I mean some stuff like um, we do that flower series double IPA, which is once a month we do a beer named after a flower um and those we definitely try to we have poppy on tap it was released last saturday so we still have that but we won't fill growlers of it so that Mm -hmm. it lasts a little bit longer for pints in house and we tend to try to do more uh cans of those ones so we might only get you know one or two half barrels but because we're not doing not doing growlers they last a little bit longer how um how big is your brew house 10 barrels that's a decent size for your size of a brewery yeah for sure yeah so we have uh we, it's about 3000 annual barrels in fermentation. So do you have, um, do you have space back there? Will
0: you be able to expand it? all? We kind of
1: just maxed it out. Yeah. I think if we weren't, um, if we weren't canning back there or potentially if we didn't do, cause we do can sales back there, as you know, um, if we didn't do can sales back there, which we can't not do because it would just be such a bottleneck for the tap room. Yeah. Um, if we didn't do that, we could probably get away with putting maybe one tank in, maybe another one, and then leaving the canning line up, which would be a lot easier. Um, but at this point, it's maxed. We can't because we got to move stuff around so often that um, we have another space across the alley, but it's just storage. So do you have plans of eventually moving or definitely? It wouldn't be moving though; it would be yeah, adding
0: additional. Yeah, it'd be a
1: second spot for sure because I I I like. Um, you know for me it doesn't make sense to um have two spaces in sharpsburg because you're just kind of pulling from each other yeah um and we definitely need more tap room space too um so uh yeah i'm kind of actively looking for for a second location but i'm uh, definitely actively, but, uh, I'm not going to pull the trigger on anything until I'm like excited about something. You don't you have know? like a timeline that no, you're working no. on. It's more of a, no, no timeline. When the perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and I'm always kind of looking and I'm always kind of talking to realtors and seeing what we can make happen. But, um, it's, I can't, if I'm not excited about it, it's going to be a miserable experience and it's already yeah. probably going to be a little bit miserable. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, I definitely, it's in the works. Um, like I was saying earlier, there's definitely still a part of it that's terrifying. But, um, but yeah, eventually it'll happen. And then this – it'll probably be concept-based. So, like, this, this will stay open. Sharpshire's been good to me. I don't want to leave for sure. And I like this spot a lot. Um, but this would be probably, like, all wild. So Yeah, that's
0: a good way to – Yeah, we'd pull
1: all the 20s out and just have a couple 10s on the 10. And then this would become, like, a barrel house for wild ales. Um, and then the new spot would be all clean.
0: How big do you want to go – honestly spot.
1: probably just a 20 okay I, I'd, I'd just double the brew house and then probably get a bunch of 40s um and then that would be like a packaging facility that we would do some stout barrel aging in um i i'm huge into lagers i know that's really surprising to a lot of people because of what we produce yeah. but like i, I, I definitely
0: would have not yeah that.
1: i i'm man if i could just drink lagers all day long i definitely would um so i'd, I'd love to get into like regular lager production as well but not in not to take away from our other stuff. Like I'd never want to take the tank space. Yeah. I was just going to say that right now turn. there's no way you'd be. Yeah. Yeah. So. Justify having a tank full exactly. that long. That would probably piss some consumers yeah. off. But, <laughs> but, um, but, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm eagerly looking forward to the day that we can always have one or two loggers in the tanks and, and not be at a deficit of our, our pale beers and IPAs and doubles. So
0: the, does doing the, um, blender vices and kettle souring, does that hurt with your production too, with having to do a longer?
1: Not really. I mean, we kind of, we, we it balance it out. Um, you know, based on what tank it's going into, sometimes we'll just come in and brew on a Sunday and then we'll, okay. f- we'll finish it up on Tuesday. Sometimes we'll just triple or I'm sorry, not triple. We'll double, we double batch a lot anyway. So sometimes Fridays are typically single batches. So sometimes we'll just double batch and it'll just be instead of one beer, it's two different beers. Um so the first batch will be, you know, X pale ale into F V one and the next one will be underscore that will go into F V three on Tuesday. Okay. So, um or on Monday. But so we kind of fit work it into the schedule. It doesn't fermentation wise it's it's relatively the same. So it's not it's not holding anything to if we were doing like traditional sours, like um, you know, true fermentive sours and um cold side sours, then yeah, it would probably take a little bit more time. But yeah, I guess I just for um and maybe it's
0: just the, or is it as Maybe I just know some to, like to kettle sour sometimes can take way longer than your traditional hot yeah. side of a of a brew. Yeah, I
1: mean, I, I, it it depends too on on you know what you're using to sour and, and okay. how much you have. So like if you're if you're you know making a culture out of Greek yogurt, it might take a lot longer. Um, but if you're you know using professional lacto for brewing, then it's not that bad. Yeah, no, there's there's a brewer near where I am. That that's how. They, yeah, they which use definitely a bunch isn't a problem. Of, like, yeah, it tastes great. Yeah, it's, 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 it's there's no issue in doing it, but it, it definitely is like you don't have the same accuracy of cell of, counts. Yeah. yeah, so.
0: So one question um, I ask uh, most of my guests, actually, I try to ask every guest is, "What is the most ridiculous negative review you've ever received?" And can for I, a point of brand- my phone yeah, absolutely. So. In, While you're looking i'll give you as a point of reference um what i'm looking for and people who listen to regularly are probably tired of hearing this um but there's um one of my local breweries, old mother shortly after they opened they received a review that was have you ever been someplace that you just know isn't going to be around in a year so man and then they went on to uh, tear everything about the place apart
1: we got one recently. This isn't this isn't my favorite one. I'm, I can't find where to even. Where on Facebook can you even find your reviews? Um, might have to get my computer for this one because it was it's a good one. It is worth reading.
0: <laughs> was it left recently? Because I feel like I it, I saw um, one. At I'd the say very like top. I'd say
1: like two or three months ago. It would be at the very top though. Um, I don't know how to find it page activity? Is that it? No audience tips. I'll find it. But um we got one recently that uh that with that one. Yes. Yeah, this is it. Do you want me to read it or yeah, no? Yeah, you can. <sighs> okay. <laughs> All right, bear with me guys. Okay. Uh, I'm not obviously reading the name. I'm not putting anybody on blast, but it's very unlikely that this person is listening to the thing. So, all right, here we go. I stopped in and asked if I could fill a 64 ounce growler with one of their craft beers for a friend we are going to visit in New York for some reason, question mark, they had sold out of cans, which we had. So I thought a growler would be the next best thing. I'm paraphrasing a little bit here. Um, and also to explain, we, Usually we'll pull growlers if we're on the last keg of something mm-hmm. um, or if it's like a popular beer, like a double IPA and it's our only double on which we is we extremely common. Sure. practice. Not it's weird. So you're not doing anything yeah. out of the order. totally fair, like yeah. a reasonable thing. So um, bartender said he couldn't but would ask the owner. Keep in mind, I'm the owner yeah. owner and wasn't there that day. The owner said, no way. Offered to purchase four 16 ounce glasses of beer and pour them into the growler myself. The owner, me who wasn't there, said he would not let me leave with it. (laughs) They might brew some good beer, but I will never know. And with that kind of attitude from the owner, me who wasn't there, I will never stop there again or refer any of my friends. One star. Um, So, I mean, the good thing about that is that's so ridiculous that anybody who reads that, yeah. okay, poor, come on, pour four growlers, pour four pints into a growler yourself. Yeah. Are you kidding me? That's just unbelievable. Now, <laughs> but again, that guy probably wasn't a beer drinker. Yeah. He came in to get it for somebody else. So, um, but that's the most ridiculous thing. But yeah, I did. We did get one recently mm-hmm. that that was like, beer's great, but they're just too busy all the time.
0: <laughs>
1: okay. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, right, we... Okay. See you
0: like, i mean i guess the only way you can fix that is to start just only letting every other person who wants to come in in <laughs> yeah
1: i i mean it's and we we usually staff three to four four bar back like people behind the bar bartenders and like um you know we get through people as quickly as possible and it's usually only a minute or two like it's you're not waiting in long lines yeah. for beer here but cans maybe but not definitely yeah, not pints.
0: everywhere like anyone who has a popular popular can releases i mean your Eastern Shore, Maryland places that like Burley Oak, sure. there are people there for six oh, plus yeah. hours. Because they do,
1: they do a bunch of releases on one day, which yeah. is a cool idea because then you can get multiple releases. But oh my gosh, people go to 11 p.m. and they don't yeah. open up until noon.
0: Yeah. So you, you people are accustomed to those lines if that's what you're oh, looking yeah.
1: for. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure.
0: But yeah, I saw, because I've started um, a lot of uh, the newer breweries in Maryland when I've had them on. It's not even worth asking them because I like I started looking at reviews first because so many places they they've only been around long enough like it's all five star glowing reviews. Sure. And when I looked at yours and I saw that one at the top, I was like, "Oh, I'm betting who's willing to talk about oh, this yeah, one?" Yeah. Because <laughs> it's have right in line like with what. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. We've uh, we've a handful of one stars that are all pretty much that ridiculous, but um, you yeah, know, is what it is.
0: Yeah, there. There's also uh, I mentioned them earlier, Gunda yeah they came out with a um with a beer it was their pumpkin ale and it was called trumpkin uh big or no orange and full of shit <laughs> And so they attracted definitely some negative. <laughs> yeah, rules. no doubt. And there were the the one review that they they read it, like it was so obviously completely made up. Yeah. And they went through a lot of effort to make up like the scenery of the tap room that they went into and everything. But it was obvious that they had never been there. Yeah.
1: Online trolls are the best.
0: Yeah. And so that's his next beer he made was don't feed the trolls. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's great.
0: And so now another, um, actually first, do you have, um, do you have anything coming up or anything special you want to, uh,
1: about before? Well, I guess, up? you know, well, two things, I guess I'll, I'll mention, um, we're doing a, a cool thing on August 4th called Lustra day. So we have a beer called lustra, which is like our house pale ale. Okay. And then we have a double version of it called double lustra, but for lustra day, we're going to make half lustra uh lustra double lustra and we're gonna make triple lustra so it's gonna be a four can release over 400 cases of beer one saturday august 4th so kind of just like a big party hanging out having a good time so um selling some cans yeah <laughs> oh yeah busy brewing um but and then uh, our anniversary uh festival is september 29th um tickets will go on sale first week of august i believe um so if anybody wants to come out and hang uh, it's gonna be a good time it's like 15 breweries um 500 people um two different sessions but um where will that be that'll be here okay. yeah we have like a space out back that oh, we okay. ran so out and um yeah, area. Yeah. so it's not like in the tap room it's it's gotcha. out back outside and uh we did it last year it was really fun we're gonna do it again this year um and that's about it otherwise it's just uh brewing a lot of beer putting out as much as we can and um you know doing our best to make it the best that we can
0: and, um, get people just go to your website to uh, yeah for sure. we have get those tickets can
1: release schedule. Um, social media is kind of the best place Instagram and, and Facebook for, um, you know, the event information. We also have a newsletter that I put out every Tuesday. There's a lot of information on the week's releases as well as like anything that's coming up as far as events.
0: Great. All right. So the other thing I do in every episode is I end it with a hey, shot of, um, this is a single malt whiskey brewed with mcclintock distilling in frederick nice and we put seven pounds of uk goldings and meridian hops in the hop um the gin Gin basket basket. nice so it's vapor infused with those hops um this unfortunately has only been aged one month in a two liter barrel The real product is in a 30 gallon barrel at the distillery they'll be ready in 2020 sometime nice well very cool so, uh, once again, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. I thank appreciate you, everyone, it. for watching and listening.
1: Yeah. Cheers. Cheers.